a praying church. Okay? Uh, we say that we are a praying church. We say we are a missional church. And last week, if you were here, man, you got to hear the heartbeat of missions and uh, what we are doing. By the way, let me can we celebrate this? Uh, many of you invested in missions last week. You gave, you said, you know what, we're making a pledge and we want to support missionaries. We want to see the kingdom of God advance here in Pittsburgh, in Southeast Kansas, in Fort Scott, in, U in the U.S. and across the world. And thank you for being a generous church. You guys committed to give close to $40,000 in 2024 for missions. Can we celebrate that? We're just celebrating God's goodness and favor through you for us to be able to do what God has called us to do here in Pittsburgh. But we're a missional church, and lastly, we are a spirit-empowered church. And come fall, we'll be talking more about being a spirit-empowered church. But this, this next uh, eight to ten weeks, we're going to be unpacking prayer. The title is called In Jesus' Name. We're just saying, right, there is power in the name of Jesus. But we look at how that lines up with Scripture and how God has called us to pray in the name of Jesus and to believe and to walk and to stand on the promises found in, in His Word. And so um, we pray because Jesus prayed. <laughs> I mean, you look at the life of Jesus in the, in the three years of ministry that he did. Jesus prayed. He spent time praying. Jesus prayed before he started his ministry. Forty days in the wilderness, he fasted and he prayed, right? Jesus prayed before he picked uh, his disciples and, and made decisions on how he was going to pick, who he was going to pick, and who he was going to empower to continue to carry the, the gospel uh, that he was bringing to the world. Jesus prayed before he worked miracles. Jesus prayed to point us to the Father. Jesus constantly prayed. Uh, Jesus got away early in the morning before he did anything to pray. You know why? Because he knew he couldn't do it in his own strength. He knew he needed to rely on the power that came from the Father. So he took time, he scheduled time. Wow, scheduled. How many of you guys have a calendar on your phones? Do you guys schedule your meetings? You guys, how many of you schedule your meetings? Okay, good. You guys schedule meetings. The rest of you, you guys miss those lunches and you go, oh, was I supposed to be there? I forgot. Okay, scheduling is a good thing, right? Because if you don't schedule, we don't do it. How many of us schedule prayer? Have you thought of that? What would it look like if you scheduled prayer? Thank you. Thanks for scheduling prayer. Shouldn't it be the first thing we do on our calendars? Jesus got up early in the morning, got away, because why? He scheduled time with the Father because he knew if he was not with the Father, he couldn't do what he was going to do that day. <laughs> He needed to know, first off, what he was going to do. Second, to receive the power and direction and wisdom and guidance. And man, don't we need those in our world today? Prayer. Jesus did it. So if Jesus did it, we need to do it. And what we see is that the disciples were impressed by Jesus' prayer, right? The disciples were like, bro, man, look at that guy. He knows how to pray. There was this one time where the disciples went and they tried to do something uh, and, and, and they tried to uh, cast out this demon and they came back and they couldn't do it. And they were like, Jesus, why couldn't we do it? He said, because you need to pray differently. <laughs> You need to spend time in deep prayer, and this is, can only be done by prayer because there is power that comes in the prayer, in, through prayer. And so the disciples saw Jesus praying, and it's like, man, can you teach us how to pray? How many of you go, hey, can you teach us how to pray right now? Be honest. Hey, I, I'm learning how to pray too. The first thing is to admit we don't know how to do it. 
okay? And if you say, oh, I've got this, I'm going today, I'm telling you, I don't have this. I'm figuring it out as I go. And I'm telling you, if you, keep, if you have that mindset and you say, I don't, I, don't, I don't have this yet, God. Will you teach me more on how to pray? And guess what? Then we discover more of God and there's a powerful connection that starts to happen. The disciples are like, hey, can you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. So here's what we're going to do for the next 8 to 10 weeks. We're going to start every Sunday by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Okay? But here's what I want you to do. Some of you know this. I mean, you can recite it in your sleep. You're good. Some of you are going, and I'll be honest, that some of us in this room, because I've heard the conversations this week, just in conversation, hey, how do you pray, pray the Lord's Prayer? What is the Lord's Prayer? D- different conversations. And here's the thing. We're, we've got all those uh, different p- people in different parts of where they know, what they know about the Lord's Prayer. But here's what I want you to know. No matter how much you know it or how little you know it, we're going to pray together. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to check your brains at the door. I want you to uh, let uh, God speak through you every time you pray the Lord's Prayer. I want you to come believing that every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, there's going to be a new revelation and new insight, and new discovery to the complexity and the beauty of the Lord's Prayer. And where there there is freedom that that comes, and there is power that comes through praying the Lord's Prayer. If we can get one thing that would be a win, is that we all figure out how to pray the Lord's Prayer by the end of 10 weeks. Would that be a win? And that we pray it every day. And that becomes a model. Now, we don't just recite that and make it a ritual, but it becomes a model, a stepping stone to then take our prayer life and let it expand, right? Because God will do that. He's a creative God. But what what would it look like if we all prayed the Lord's Prayer every day? If we started our day with the Lord's Prayer. So here's what I'm going to do. Now, this is on your Flag Church app. If you take notes, if you go to our message section, you'll find it there. So if you don't have it, but it's also going to, oh, it's on the screen. Look at that. Wow. My tech team. Can we give it up for those guys? That's awesome. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have you guys stand if that's okay. Yes, you don't have to close your eyes. You can look at the screen. I prayed it a certain way, so... Uh, I had my translation of the Lord's Prayer, so I might butcher it. So I'm going to make sure I don't butcher it when I re- pray it. Uh, but let's all pray this together, and let's, le- let's just not read the words. Let's let it speak to our hearts. Can we do that? Let's do that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Prayer. We just came out of a series talking about spiritual disciplines. 
We talked about how discipline leads to freedom, but we have distractions in our lives that distract us from the disciplines of freedom. I'm not going to quiz you, but you guys remember the disciplines? Remember silence and solitude? Remember fasting and prayer? Remember uh, worship? Remember confession? The word of God that Pastor Eli wrapped up the series with? These are disciplines, spiritual disciplines that, uh, that help us uh, get closer to God. But here's what I want you to understand. Prayer is the relational center for all of these disciplines. Prayer is kind of the central nervous system that runs through and empowers and, and activates and, and just explodes these disciplines and takes them to a whole nother level. Silence and solitude. We sit and we wait to hear the voice of God, to align our hearts with the Father, to strip away all of the distractions, which is prayer. Prayer is not just speaking, but it's listening right? Fasting, being intentional to spend time with God. Fasting and prayer empowers that when we spend time in prayer. Worship is, is where we align our hearts and come into the presence of God through worship and prayer. But when we add prayer into that element, it starts to explode and takes us to a whole nother level. Confession is conversation when we sit with the Father in prayer and the Father and the Holy Spirit reveal to us areas of our life that we need to bring to the altar where we need to surrender to God. There is a, a freeing that happens because we are, uh, we are purging or we are removing the, the contaminants in our life called sin and cleansing uh, that happens with confession and prayer and, and, and the Word of God. And I think Pastor Eli unpacked this beautifully, how we can spend time in the Word of God and let the Word of God be the, the, the leading element that helps us pray. We pray the Word of God. We pray what we read. We pray it into our lives. We bring the Word of God alive because we speak it out and we pray it and we believe it. So prayer runs through all of those spiritual disciplines and it empowers everything and it is the central nervous system for how we operate. The world that we live in currently, the norm is prayer is treated like a prescription. When I have a problem, I'm going to go and I'm going to pull prayer out and I'm going to shove it in there and hope that it fixes it, Right? But what if I was to say it needs to be a new norm? Prayer needs to be treated more like a vitamin that you take every day. A vitamin that you take every day so your immune system stays healthy. So it gets everything it needs to be able to function well. Right? A spiritual system. I'm going to share a few things about prayer today that's not in your notes. I hope you can write it down or jot it down because it's not all on the screen. But prayer is the mother tongue, the vocabulary that God has given us uh, in our spiritual life. So when we, when we start this journey with Jesus, when we give our lives to Jesus and we, we say, yes, I'm a new believer and we are reborn, there is a new language, language that is given to us and the language is prayer. It is a means for us to communicate, to, uh, to be in conversation with God. And this language then starts to heal us and restore us and transform us and change us from the inside out, helps us grow in this vibrant relationship. 
When we, when, we, when we connect our lives with Jesus in this new covenant that we see in Scripture, it is like He says, okay, you're coming into this new covenant with me, so when you come into this new covenant with me, I'm going to give you this, uh, this means, of this language that we can use so that we can get to know each other. I mean, we compare that, and we see a lot of times this is compared to marriage. How many of you uh, you're married today, and, and remember when you got married, you stepped into a covenant, not a contract. Okay, I know the world will say it's a contract, but it's not. In God's eyes, it's a covenant. It's not meant to be broken. And the reason that it breaks is because we get into a, a covenantal agreement with our spouse, but we don't speak the new language. We still speak uh, being single and selfish, and get what I want. And what happens to our marriages? It breaks. But when we speak the new language of selflessness, let me serve you, humble submission, it starts to shift. And the same thing is with God. We can enter into this covenant with Jesus and say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be water baptized. But we don't spend time in a conversation. Our spiritual walk doesn't go anywhere. It's stagnant. Then we wonder why things are not working and why my life is so out of control. And, and, but I go to church every Sunday. But I don't do what I have to do. It's a relationship. Prayer is a relationship. It gives us this opportunity to connect with the, the king of the universe. Prayer is a vehicle to be in communion and cultivate a relationship with God. Guys, this it can be life-transforming for you if you start to grasp this the next eight to ten weeks and you activate it i guarantee you your life will look drastically different at the end of 2024 i guarantee you this church will look drastically different at the end of 2024 it will but we've got to buy in because i'm telling you this is the lifeline this is the lifeline for you Prayer is a vehicle to be, commun to be in communion and to cultivate a relationship with God. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. It's a safe place, a secret place to be open and honest and vulnerable. It's the altar, and we'll talk a lot about the altar here in two weeks, but it's an altar, a space, a place where you get to come and you get to unpack the old and to take the new and to start a new life. It's a place where you get to come, die, because at the altar, if you look back to the Old Testament, things were killed at the altar. You're dying to your old self, and you're picking up your new self that God has, and you start to do life in a new way. That is what happens in prayer. You come to the altar. Jesus prayed to be in communion with the Father. When he walked on this earth, Jesus was constantly in relationship with the Father. When we follow the ways of Jesus, when we follow in the ways of Jesus, and we're talking about this even in our spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines, when we follow in the ways of Jesus, the ancient path, do you guys remember that? Walk in the ancient path, but you say we will not do it, right? Because we think it's so cool to live in our current culture. But when we walk in the ways of Jesus, 
and practice the ways of Jesus, which is Jesus in prayer. You ready for this? Our burdens are lightened and our soul is restored. Our burdens are lightened and our soul is restored. And you may be sitting here today going, man, but man, I've got all these burdens, man. Man, I can't even think, I can't even process this message right now. My mind is running because I've got all of these problems in my life and it's, it's, it's reeling out of control. Our culture and the current of life, the currents of life are opposite to the ways of Jesus. They're opposite to what Jesus wants us to do. Our culture and the currents of life are taking us on a journey. And what we do as human beings is we just jump in the river of culture and let it take us wherever it's taking us. We don't have a plan or a purpose. We're just going. And let me tell you, the destination is destruction. The destination that the culture and the, and the currents of this culture that we jump into and say, no resistance, let me just flow with the flow. I'm going with the flow. I'm going with the flow. Man, this is so comfortable. There's no resistance. I don't even have to roll. It's taking me somewhere. It is so cool. I get to have some fun here. I have fun there. It is so good. It looks so good. It's all shiny. It's all attractive. But it ends in destruction. For some reason, I, I don't know why I had this thought. The Niagara Falls, like you come, oh, oh, down. And all of a sudden, you're down, gone. That just popped in my head. Squirrel. <laughs> anyway, I don't know where that came from. If that made sense, good. If not, throw it away. <laughs> prayer, on the other hand, prayer, on the other hand, helps us swim against culture. You're swimming upstream. You're going somewhere on purpose. You have a plan because God has revealed it to you. And it's difficult, but you're going to swim upstream because at the end, the reward is amazing. The reward is amazing. You're not passively being taken where culture wants you to go, but you have a plan and a purpose because I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. God's Word. Prayer is the pathway to being with Jesus. Prayer is the pathway to being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus. Okay? That's being a disciple. You're being with Jesus and you're becoming like Jesus. Isn't that what our spiritual journey is all about? We enter this world, sin, broken people. We give our lives to Jesus saying, I want to commit to you. I want to submit to your leadership. Come under your authority and give me your will so I can be like you. I, I get to spend time with you. And the more I spend time with you, the people you hang out with is who you become, Right? Whoever you hang out with is who you become. Who you're spending, look at your calendar, look who you're spending your time with. It'll tell you who you're becoming. But if you spend time with Jesus, you become like Jesus. So what does that all look like? Praying is being with Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Philippians 4, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn with me to this passage. Uh, I would like to read through this. We'll kind of use this as a, as a landing base throughout this series. Series. But Philippians 4, 5, and 7, 5 through 7. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. When I read this, the thought that popped into my head was this parent-child relationship. I'm not sure about how that works at your house. At our house, um, especially my youngest, Kyra, she'll be out, she'll see somebody that she doesn't feel comfortable. She comes running in, Dad, somebody's outside. Okay, it's just a person riding the bike. Okay, they're all good. But she just comes running in, Dad. Dad, Dad, I'm afraid of this. Dad, I had a bad nightmare. Dad. Safety, right? They feel sa- she feels safe when she runs and she's like, Dad, hey, can you, t- oh, you're, you're, um, Dad's here, I'm good. Now, think of that. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to your father, Dad, and the peace of the, your father... <laughs> That doesn't make sense in this world. You're like, how can I have peace in the midst of this crazy diagnosis of cancer right now? How do I have peace? Well, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. A father-child, a parent-child relationship. How does the Lord's Prayer start? Our Father in heaven acknowledging that He is our Heavenly Father, that we could come to Him, that He's the one that's going to protect me, He's the one that's going to provide for me. In Him I have safety. I come under His shelter. I come under His canopy and His refuge and His, and His healing and His protection and His comfort and His strength and His love and His hope and His joy and His peace that He has for us. But we don't do that, do we? Our Father in heaven, being with Jesus, relationship that leads to peace, leads to peace and soul rest. Prayer. And he goes on, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. What are we anxious about today? What are we anxious about? Our uncontrollable circumstances that man has come knocking at our doorstep? Our fears? real fears, real fears, and then the unreal, realistic fears that we bring upon ourselves, the worries, our stresses of life, work, finances, relationships, things that we don't need that we think we need, so we buy it and then we have to pay for it. The what-ifs, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if this happened? Man, but, but I went on, on, online and it says this might happen, and so what if? It never happens, or maybe it does. But where do we go to talk through them and wrestle with them and find resolution? Where do we go? Where do we go to find, to, to talk about this? Man, counselors today make so much money, right? <laughs> but where do we go today to talk about this? Do we go to our Father in heaven? Or do we go to our friends who are just like us, who have more stress than us, and are telling us how to stress more? Right? Or do we go to all of the fast food that maybe, maybe we can hide behind? 
Let me just eat myself. I eat all the food to make me feel good. Eat so much, so much food so I'm just in a food coma. I don't even think about it, right? Or do we go to our, our social media so I can scroll through it and not even think about stuff? I'll just look at social media all for like the, for eight hours of scrolling so that I can numb my mind and not have to worry. And, but the reality is that worry is still there and the, and the, and the hurt is still there. Uh, do I go to my uh, refrigerator and pull out a can of beer or whatever alcohol I drink so I can numb my mind and not have to worry about it? Or do I go on vacation because everything will just naturally disappear? Man, I'll feel so good. I'll come back and, man, I just got some rest. It should be all good, right? But then it all comes back. Or maybe I lock myself in my room and look at pornography. And it just numbs my mind. Do not be anxious about anything. The reason we're anxious is because we're not going to the right source. We're going to the wrong source. The anxiety is real. Yes, there are challenges in life. I understand it. I understand we're going to have situations. There's going to be curveballs thrown our way. We, are, we live in a sinful world. We're all covered under that sin. We have brokenness. So yes, we will experience that. But when we experience it, but in every situation... Prayer, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. Prayer opens the door to conversation versus isolation. We love to live in isolation. We love to live in our little holes and hope that it all goes away. But prayer gives us an opportunity to be in conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that has control over all things. Our heavenly Father, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our burdens are lightened and our soul restored. Psalm 34 says it this way, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles. We will have troubles in this world because we are living in a broken world. But the Lord delivers them from them all through prayer. So why has this been offered to us, prayer? Because the Father loves us. Because He loves us. He's saying, hey, 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 listen. I want to be in communion with you. I want to be in conversation. I want to help you. I want to give you what you need. I want to tell you how to live this life. I want you to come to me so you can vent. You can, you can share all your burdens and I can pick it up and I can walk with you. He, he's doing this all because He loves you. James 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. Draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. The Father wants that. It happens in prayer, but we run to everything else other than prayer, being with Jesus. With this being a backdrop, what should we do? We should pray, be in constant communion, be with God. But what do we tend to do? We just wait till the situation gets dire and then we decide we're going to throw in the pill of prayer and we think that anxiety will disappear the next day and we just show up and treat it like a prescription versus treating it like a, 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 a vitamin that we take week in and week out, day in and day out, so that when the situation comes, it is effective. 
I don't know about you, I, I struggle with uh, fall allergies, thankfully not spring allergies. But with fall allergies, my wife always says, don't wait till it starts and you try to take the tablet, it's not going to work. And I always do, it doesn't work. And then I'm like, oh, my eyes are itching. My... So I told you, I'm like, I know. Right? But then now I learned to listen to her a little more. So now I start taking the allergy pill before the fall allergies get there. And guess what? It's not as bad because it builds up. And when the, and the allergy hits, I'm, I'm ready for it. But that's not how we do with prayer, right? We wait and we're like, oh, it's this magical pill. I'll just throw it when I need it, right? That's like treating God as a genie. Give me what I want. When I don't see you, I'll come back to you when I need you. That's not a relationship. How would that work in your marriage? Well, some of us do and it doesn't work. The multiplying results of prayer, we discover the peace that passes all understanding in the perfect presence of God. When we, and, and we'll talk about this next week. Man, I, I'm already ready to preach next week's message. But when we enter into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, we're stepping into the presence of God. We see the face of God, and then we receive the peace of God that comes into our lives. But when we don't step into the presence of God in prayer, we're not seeing the face of God, and so we don't receive the peace, so we live in anxiety. Okay, but prayer opens the door for us to walk into the presence of God. And next week, I hope you don't miss it because we'll see what that looks like. So beautiful, being in the presence of God. The peace of God, the peace that slows our inner life and brings healing and health to our souls. Our inner life is in total chaos. It's running so fast and, 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 the, and prayer slows it down. Silence and solitude. We learn to breathe easy. Our heart rates drop. We're in alignment with Christ. Prayer, peace that comes from being in communion with, per, with, with a perfect God that drives out fear. The perfect love of God drives out the fear. A peace that surpasses all understanding. Roots uh, our roots uh, uh, and our identity is on a firm place, uh, sorry, a firm place versus our recent success or our recent failures. We don't have this happening in our lives. Stable. How do we walk away from fear and anxiety? By being with Jesus through prayer. Being near to the perfect love that is found in the presence of God. Being with Jesus, that leads to becoming like Jesus. When we are with Jesus, we become like Jesus. Man, I'm going to have to run through this fast. To become like Jesus. We're called to become like Jesus. Prayer is a place of intimate communion with God, but also a furnace of transformation. A transformation that happens when I'm in relationship with the Father. That is a transforming presence that starts to move into our lives and, and we start to see a change happening inside. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. This is referring to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is on his knees and he's crying out to the Father, if you can take this cup away from me, take it from me, but not my will, 
but your will be done. And he talks about how he even, he, he was uh, praying so fervently that his sweat had blood, uh, drops of blood that scientifically is proven. And this is the kind of prayer that Jesus had. And he was hurt because of his reverent submission to the Father. You might say he was hurt, but didn't Jesus die? Yes, Jesus still died because that was the will of the Father. But what we see is that the Father's grace was sufficient for Jesus to walk through that journey, that season. Paul talks about it. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, about uh, of, uh, um, gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in my life. And so when we pray like Jesus did, we're able to walk through the seasons of life because God's grace is sufficient for me. And it doesn't mean that sometimes God is, there are times that God is going to answer and we're going to see the supernatural healing, but there are other times that God's going to say, no, I'm going to walk this journey because this is going to be a furnace of transformation for you. You're going to learn to trust me. You're going to learn to understand my will. You're going to learn to know how I operate and what I, what I want for you. I'm going to skip a few verses, tech team. It's a, it's a furnace of transformation. Because we learn to rely and to be interdependent on God. We learn to be in relationship with the Father and not be independent. We are an independent society. We say, I've got this. I don't need you, God. We don't say that, but that is what the world has caused us to do. We indirectly say, when I don't pray, I'm not interdependent. I'm not dependent on you, God. I'm just independent because I've got this, right? Not true. When we are independent, we, we are in submission because we, we submit our lives to come under the, 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 the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we allow Him to transform us from the inside out. But when we are independent, we don't come under. We kind of stay there and we say, you know what? I've got this. I don't need your help till I'm really drowning, then I'll come to you. Helplessness fuels prayer. Helplessness fuels prayer. And if we, we, we've got to realize that we're always helpless. We're always helpless. And we receive the grace of God through helplessness. But independence, guess what it does? It silences the prayer. It silences prayer and it says, you know what? I got this. I got strength. I don't need your help. I'm all good. God has called us to be interdependent, to be in communion, to be submissive to his will, to do what we see the Father doing because Jesus said, I saw what the Father was doing and I did what the Father did. And Jesus told his disciples, the only way you will do the right things is if you remain in me because I will show you how to do life and I will teach you and you will receive my blessings and there will be many, you will see the fruit in your life because you remain in me, because you're submitted to me, you are connected to me through prayer. But when you don't do that and be independent, you will struggle. You will face anxiety and worry. Many of you have heard our story of uh, our son Hayden when he, uh, and I've shared this and I'd 
not going to go into too much depth, but um, he lived for 15 days. But um, Hayden was diagnosed with trisomia 18 at, at 18 weeks. And um, we um, were given the option to abort him. He was a week to decide if we could abort him in Missouri. And we said, no, we weren't going to. And so we walked that journey. But what the doctors told us is that, hey, I don't think you should do this because uh, most... Pretty much all trisomia 18 babies are born, stillborn. And so you're not going to be able to even see this kid alive. And so long story short, we decided not to. And we had people all over the country praying for this boy. And there were so many that said, well, what happened? He only lived 15 days. Did God not answer prayer? Here's the thing. For a long time, I, I always kept saying, man, if not for that season that we walked through, I wouldn't be standing where I am today because I experienced the peace of God that passes all understanding through that season. He said, my grace is sufficient for you and I will walk with you. But this morning, this morning, God told me something different that I had never, it never dawned on me. As I was processing through, he said, hey, what did all the doctors tell you? That a trisomia 18 baby will not make it to full term. What did I give you? 15 days. Now, he answered that differently, but he still answered prayer. 15 days. The world, abort, don't trust God, independent. God's side, interdependent, totally submissive, doesn't make sense, just trust and pray. And we see God's grace, we see peace we see a transformed life. Prayer. It works. We'll talk more about that next week. Psalms 121, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Prayer. Will you start a journey of prayer with me this week and for the rest of your life? Would you try to walk this journey with us? Prayer leads to us being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus. Prayer shows us His grace is sufficient for us. Prayer gives us strength. Prayer gives us hope. Prayer gives us peace in the midst of chaos. Prayer brings healing. Prayer brings restoration. Prayer changes our circumstances and our situations. Prayer is powerful in the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that He is Lord. And He is Lord of our lives. Is He Lord of your lives? This week, I want to challenge you to spend time in prayer. 
What does that look like? Schedule time. Not, it'll not happen. Schedule time. Find a quiet place. We'll talk about that in the next few weeks. Come into the present. Just sit. This is not complicated. This is conversation, just like we're having right now. Just like you have with your friends at the coffee shop or wherever you hang out at, at the donut shop, wherever you hang out at. Conversation. You sit down and say, okay, here I am, God. I'm here to meet with you. And this might be new. God, this is new for me. <laughs> I'm just learning this thing. Please help me. God, will you just speak to me today? What if you then say, hey, God, you told your disciples here how I'm supposed to pray. So I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. But if you pulled out your phone and you read the Lord's Prayer till you're able to pray it without reading it. You know what God cares about? <laughs> Not that you've got it right. That you're wanting to spend time with Him. He's like, oh my gosh, look, my kid's here to meet with me. Dads, moms, how many of you love that? Okay. That's how God feels. Right? Don't worry about the details. Don't get caught up in the process. Sit down. Just read the Lord's Prayer. Then, open Scripture. If you want a place to start, I'm going to challenge you. Read a psalm a day. Read a psalm a day. Read through the psalms. If you don't know where to start. Get a book, a journal. Now, if you don't know where to go, find Pastor Eli. He's got a whole stack in his, in his office because he gives every youth kid and a college kid a journal. Because, man, tell me, if you have college kids up front, they're journaling. If you have high school kids, they're journaling. Journal. Get a, get a book. After you read the psalm, just sit. Read it again. Just write down whatever God speaks to your heart, whatever stands out. Don't try to get over theological with it. Just write down whatever he tells you. He's simple. Then just pray that over your life. That's it. Is that difficult? 10, 15 minutes? Can you do that? What would that look like if you did that every day this week? If you missed a day, don't sweat it. Just take baby steps. What would next week look like? Can we go on a journey together, Flag Church, for your life? For your life first, but for every other person that doesn't know Jesus. Can we do that? Stand with me. Let's pray. Hey, even as I pray, why don't you pray this morning? Pray for your life. You can be praying while I'm praying. You could do that. Don't wait. You've got to start somewhere, right? Let's pray. Pray for you. Pray for your family. Pray for your marriage. Whatever. Pray. To have a conversation with God. Whatever you're anxious about right now, God. I'm worried about this. I'm anxious about this. Can I just give this to you? Can I just can I just give it to you? Can you help me? Simple. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your favor. I thank you for your presence that is here this morning. I thank you for your word, Lord. Father, I pray that even as we take this journey, as we step out in faith, as we start a new day tomorrow, that, oh, maybe even right now, Lord, even as we, in obedience, pray right now and and believe for you that your Holy Spirit will come and meet people where they are, meet them in their situations, meet them in their circumstances. Even as they are trusting right now in you, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will give them confirmation. Let your presence be felt and help them, Lord, to be excited. Let there be 
a skip in their heart where they know, oh man, I got to do this tomorrow morning too. And they would carve out time, Lord, and that we, as we carve out time, that you would come meet with us, Lord. Your word says, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So we stand on that promise and we draw near to you right now. And we're going to draw near to you tomorrow as we spend time. I pray you would transform us that we would grow in a relationship, that we would understand this language that you're teaching us, that we would grow in this language, that we would grow in a relationship with you, that we would allow you to transform us. We would submit to your leadership. Father, bless your people even as they go this morning. And may your presence be with them. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. Hey, have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. God bless you.